Hello and welcome back to Towels. Towels is back in America. Hi, Andrew. Hi. It's good to be back in America. Home sweet home. You know, even with the rain, I had a really good time in London. It didn't rain that much. I know, but it rained just as we were leaving. So I'm saying I could have stayed mm. through the rain for another yeah, for couple sure. of days. It's so lovely. For sure. Love me some London. And going to the theater. Oh. The dream. The dream. Anyway, um, you really need to start winning some of these tournaments. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. It just never occurred to me that I should uh, try and actually win. Yeah. Okay. Never well, occurred to me. I'm glad we ha- we can have this conversation what today. What would I do without you, Poker Coach? I don't know. Poker Coach B. <laughs> I don't know what you would do. Hmm. How is your London poker playing experience? My poker playing experience? Um, I guess I didn't really get like... A ton of time at the tables. The time I did have was somewhat enjoyable, somewhat uneventful or average. I mean, I played one cash game session and it was fun for a little while, um, kind of a social atmosphere, but that uh, didn't last very long and it got kind of grindy after that. I played like one, two for a couple hours and then two, five for quite a few hours, actually, maybe like five or six hours. And then the tournaments happened and there was, you know, just... Nothing, no winning. nothing good happened. No winning, in case you're wondering. <laughs> you mentioned something about the game. Um, what do you think is the most different thing about the games abroad and the games in the U.S.? That being Las Vegas or California or other parts of the country where you've played. I guess the main difference is that the opening race sizes seems a little bit smaller, a little bit more snug. So here in Vegas... Opening raise size in like a 2-5 game, I think standard raise is maybe $20. Some people open for $25, but very few people open for $15 in a 2-5 game. Three times the opening, three times the blind opening size. Over there in the 2-5 game is like every single person was opening for $15. So that just kind of makes the 2-5 play a little bit smaller. Even though the, the maximum buy-in was way bigger than standard 2-5 buy-ins here in Vegas. In London, the maximum in the 2-5 game was 2,500 pounds. So that's pretty deep. But I don't know why, because no one's really like, you know, going off or opening that that big. They're still opening for 15 pounds. So I guess that's the main difference. So less action? Yeah, pretty much. So I've played in Barcelona and I've played in London recently. This is my second time playing in London. I played at the Hippodrome Casino um, when you and I went last yeah, time to London. Yeah, I remember London. that, yeah. And those 1-2 games were pretty decent, I guess, for 1-2 games. Like, there was a decent amount of splashing around and some wide ranges and some exotic hands being shown down. But, yeah, this time didn't seem like there was too much action. And in Barcelona, it was... I played 5-10 there, and it was pretty equivalent to, like, a below average 510 game here in Vegas. So very nitty. Yeah, very nitty. And the rake is also higher, so it's like double bad. Yeah, I guess you have to play tighter if the rake is higher, no? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um you probably shouldn't be playing as many hands. You should be trying to win a bigger pot like less often rather than winning lots of little pots because you I think that might mean that you're getting raked to death. I usually don't think about these things because we're pretty spoiled in Las Vegas when it comes to rake because it's the lowest out of anywhere in the world. Yeah. So I just usually just disregard whatever the rake is. 
In South Africa, the rake was pretty high as well. I remember that was one of the first things you mentioned when you mm -hmm. played there. I don't really remember exactly what it was, but I'm pretty sure it was higher than Vegas. It seems overseas everywhere is like exceptionally higher than Las Vegas. Hmm. Yeah. I'm the, sure it's uh, still fun to play with a different crowd and be in yeah. a different place, I guess. I mean, the English banter is amongst the best banter in the world. I think they have the best senses of humor in the world and to hear them uh rib each other after someone one of their one of their mates loses a hand that's a real treat in yeah, my opinion i agree i think they do have pretty great sense of humor yep so that's always that's always fun yeah like you said always fun to check out some uh, different cultures and around a poker table but for me the pubs were the true highlight <laughs> of this trip the pubs with the flat beer and the non-flat beer, that was... Delicious. Surprising Delicious to me again. and delicious. Delicious and delicious. Even the flat, yes. warm beer. Yes. Okay. Flat, warm beer just tastes like a nice, <laughs> warm, cozy pub in your mouth. So what is on the schedule this upcoming week, weekend? This weekend, we're off to California. Well, after we wrap this up, this podcast, the recording, I'm going to go record a video with my buddy Benton. Another calling out episode where we call some of you fine listeners on the telephone. And then I got to edit that. Then I'm going to California, Hollywood Park Casino. Uh, it's their one year anniversary. So I'm going to go play a couple tournaments there. And hopefully some of you fine folks will join me there. That's Saturday and Sunday. And then on Tuesday, I'm hopping into live on the bike, live at the bike for the first time. Nice. Are you excited about live at the bike? Now that I've had a couple of uh, live stream games under my belt from the Bellagio, I think I'm probably like a little bit less excited slash nervous. I was really nervous for the first time I played live yeah. uh, on a live stream uh, at the Bellagio. That was pretty nerve wracking. But now that I've done that a couple times, it's uh, I kind of know like what to expect. And But isn't that good? It's good for the game. At least you might be able to focus more on the game and not so much on your nerves or how you look on camera or come across i guess so yeah i don't know i mean like your nerves i think are kind of they can be a good thing you know help you uh stay focused stay sharp prepare for for battle get you in that mindset but i think it's gonna be a casual game it seems like most games on live at the bike are pretty casual jamie staples is gonna be there so i've never met him in person so that'll be cool who else is gonna be there i don't know who's playing my game um, I know Trooper's going to be there, but I don't think he's playing on Tuesday on my okay. game. Sweet. That's enough about you. Let's go to some listener Oh, I thought we were going to talk about you. Questions. About me? What yeah. about me? How did you, how did you find your uh, London trip overall? I loved it. I yeah. loved the fact that the galleries are free. I didn't even realize that. I forgot. I remember going to the Tate Modern last time and mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool that it's free. And all the other galleries i went to the victorian albert gallery and that was lovely mm -hmm. and yeah how do we do that in america how do we make all these cultural experiences more affordable for people uh, i have no idea and the food in london was great so yeah even yeah, though you can't help me with that i mean it's so funny i told a friend that i was going to london and i was excited for the food she's like nobody's excited to go for the food i was like you haven't been to London in the past couple have of they, years. Have they never had a fish and chips in their life and a pint? I know, but London was not known for the culinary experience in the past. <laughs> yeah, they get a bad rap. But yeah, it's all, I, I think it's all changed now and it's amazing. What do you think about the men? What about the men? Just anything. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> I don't know. 
What did you think about the men? <laughs> I don't know what that question is supposed to mean. I think they're all like very dapper and uh, they all have nice shoes. Oh, you mean like they sense of style? They all speak well. <laughs> and they all have nice hair. <laughs> so Andrew noticed the men's dapper style, I guess, more than I did. Yeah, I mean, I it's so I love people watching. So just watching men, women, children walk around and on the tube is always a treat for me. Yeah, I mean, we just don't see that many people when you're driving in your car. You, you don't see that many good-looking men anywhere. I don't think I'm looking at <laughs> whether men are good-looking or not. I don't know. You're but so boring. I know, probably. I'm going to start checking out all the good-looking men. Yeah, you should. I will, I will. And all the good-looking ladies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. What did you want to know? Oh, from the listener feedback somebody asked me how i ended up in las vegas or asked mm. i think it was john yeah asked how i ended up in las vegas i really wish it was a more fun story but all right well how does a girl like you end up in a town like this how does a south african girl end up in las vegas i was in south africa having worked uh, in corporate for a couple of years and i just needed a change um I came to visit my sister who lived in Las Vegas. Uh, she has, she's been here for almost 16 years now. And I came to visit Las Vegas in the summertime, had the best summer. And I was like, I love it here. And so you came in the summertime for the first time and it didn't, uh, it didn't deter me. Like how do people actually survive in this God awful heat? Yeah, I mean, it's when you have somebody to show you around, it's pretty easy, right? Because she was like, we don't go out during the day. You sort of get in your car, go to the grocery store, go to breakfast, yeah. get back in your car, come home. Mm. And then you go out in the evening when it's cooler. And so I was like, oh, it's just a little bit different way of life, but it's really cool. I loved how easy everything is in America. Mm -hmm. So summer in the U.S. for a month. And uh -huh. then went back to South Africa. And the biggest factor in moving to the United States was the internet. Mm -hmm. I loved sweet, being online permanently for, what, 60 bucks a month. Unlimited high-speed internet. That was unheard of in South Africa. And it's uh -huh. still pretty expensive and difficult to get, you know, yeah. good internet. Like, and So when you were... Back home, you're trying to use the internet. It was just like dial-up speeds or maybe a little better. Yeah, slightly. Just like banging your head against the wall trying to... Slightly better trying than dial-up. You're trying to grind two, two five on two four, two dollars four dollars <laughs> online, and it's just timing you out left and right. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think you could play online if you... I don't know. I'm sure people did, but it was so expensive to have permanent good internet connection. And so mm -hmm. the thought of just being able to be online... Did you have any thoughts about like Las Vegas when you were living in Johannesburg? Never. I don't think it ever crossed my mind. I mean, not that you would move there, but like just an image of the city. Like, do people ever? The image I had was from the show. There was the show with, hmm. uh, what was it called? There was that show it was where... It called Las Vegas. Was it Las Vegas? Where there was like a group of very good looking men and women and they were in the casinos. I can't even remember what the premise of the show was. I think it was, I think there was a show that was called Las Vegas. Yeah. And that, that was all I knew about Las Vegas was that show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even, I didn't realize it was the desert. I was completely clueless. Like, um, so yeah, John, I'm sorry. It's not a very <laughs> exciting story. Um, what did your uh, mom think when her oldest and middlest daughter were moving to Las Vegas? Poor woman. I think she was terrified, but <laughs> Uh, unfortunately her kids are not the type to sort of heed warning of that nature. So she was like, I don't know if you should go. I was like, well, I'm going anyway. And I guess, uh, the only thing that gave her some sort of comfort was that, uh, Timby, who's my older sister was doing okay. And she came home, you know, and she was still in one piece. She didn't have any tattoos. (laughs) But yeah, she was doing okay. She would come home. She looked healthy, not emaciated or... We should get a tattoo. Yeah, I, sh- I think we should. Do you want to? Mm-hmm. What is it going to be of? I think mm. you should get my face on your arm. Let's get the words tells podcast on, <laughs> on our chests. <laughs> no? Maybe not. Hmm. I think you should get a pic- uh, tattoo of my face, though, on your chest or on your arm. And not just black and white, in the full color. <laughs> Nicely shaded. Yes. Nice and brown. It will give you some tan. <laughs> yeah, I do need some. I can use some of that. You could literally, your, your tan will literally be rubbing off on me. Truly, yeah. So think about that. And then. I'm, I'm very pale. So what do you think of that? <laughs> uh, I think we need to think about it a little more. What should I get a tattoo of? This? I don't know. Send your suggestions, listeners. What we should get tattoos of? I thought it'd be cool to get something along the lines of like different cities that I've lived in, but that's not very romantic, I guess, as far as me and you getting a matching tattoo. But like something um, from London, something from Los Angeles, something from Vegas. And then I don't know if it would be Gross Point or if it would be Detroit, because Gross Point, I don't really know what. that would look like oh you can just get you can just get the mitten and inside the mitten have las vegas london los angeles Uh maybe i don't know girl's point would be like a picture of like a golf course or something dumb (laughs) so not a picture of my face i take it um have to you can prove how much you really love how big is it gonna be on your arm, like bicep size. Hmm. So if your bicep grows, then my face is going to grow along with it. Yeah, that's, that seems weird. <laughs> that seems dangerous. Yeah. But how much are my biceps really going to grow? So. But besides that, um, yeah. Okay, we'll think about it. Okay. We'll think about it. Um, another question from our awesome listeners is from... Robert. And Robert asks about comps, casino comps. Are casino comps part of what you consider as your poker bankroll? And are poker players getting comps in Vegas? Uh, On the same note, are you eating at casinos at all during your poker sessions? Is your eating schedule off as much as your sleep schedule? So first question was, do I consider comps part of my bankroll? Um, So it's not really a big number because... I think this is your second question. Poker players don't really get that much in terms of comps, um, especially when compared to like a blackjack player or any other player who plays other games in the pit. 
if you're playing the same number of hours at like craps or roulette or whatever, you're going to be racking up a lot more offers and comps and things than you are as a poker player. So you basically get like $2 on, $2 an hour on average. Well, how much do you get for craps or blackjack, do you think? I have no idea. But yeah, you're not it getting any free rooms. It or depends on how much you're wagering. Chances, win a car or <laughs> no. penthouse suite. So I guess that's not a lot. Yeah, so it depends on what you're wagering in those other games. But, you know, if you're wagering even if like $15 an hour or not an hour, if you're wagering like $15 average bet size or something, you're still going to get some sort of an offer if you're playing for a while. But yeah, you get like, uh, you know, you get those $2 an hour and basically that adds up, adds up to like a free meal for every session you play. You know, if you play seven hours, that's $14. That's a free meal? Depends where you order from. Yeah. How much are these meals? You can't go to a fancy steakhouse. No, but you can get like a sandwich, you know, something for that. How many times do you eat at the poker at the casino a day? Usually just, just like once. one meal. So as Robert asked, do you think your schedule, your eating schedule is as off as your sleep schedule? Well, I guess it has to be. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to, if I'm sleeping at like eight in the morning, it's tough to have breakfast at eight in the morning when you're, <laughs> when, when normal people are having breakfast. Yeah. So it just depends. Yeah. I guess it's uh, as wacky as my sleep schedule is. I just eat when I get hungry. What about drinking water? So I'm um, usually at the Bellagio. I usually get the chicken and broccoli dish <laughs> from Noodles Restaurant. And that also has like carrots and mushrooms and whatever sauce in it. So that's like my go-to meal. And then I always get like a Fiji water. That's just like the standard bottle of water. So Just one water in an eight-hour session? No, I'll get a couple. A couple bottles. Thanks for asking, Robert. Now I have to keep track of Andrew's water drinking and eating habits. Clearly, I have to go to the Bellagio and make sure he's eaten. A lot of people like to go for that green tea with honey, lemon. Yeah, you're I'm not... On, I'm not really into it. I, I stick to the water have you tried the green tea with lemon yeah i've tried it a couple times it's decent yeah but nothing like a nice bottle of water no <laughs> love me that water so that's yeah that's that's me all right so thank you for your question robert what else did you want to know it was is your eating schedule wonky and mm. do you consider comps part of your poker bankroll yeah so you also get uh free parking if you play a certain number of hours at one property or property chain such as mgm mgm owns the aria and the bellagio and like 10 other casinos so if you play i don't know 75 hours within three months i think that qualifies you for free parking for how long for the year nice i think i'm not positive don't quote me on these numbers, but that's, I guess, another sort of comp. Um, but yeah, you're not getting like, you know, thousands of dollars or like sweets comped and all that fancy fun stuff that you hear high rollers getting. So do you think maybe you should consider using some of your poker bankroll to play blackjack so that when we do travel <laughs> we get suites instead uh, of regular hotel rooms i mean what's the difference between just using money to buy those things which you're going to be losing at the blackjack table well you could win can you i mean i guess if you count cards you know how to count cards i can learn you can learn i could learn i tried to learn once and then I read that uh, book, Bringing Down the House. It's about it's it's the book that uh, based on the movie 20, 21 is 21. Based on. Yeah. I thought I was going to be part of the next baller blackjack team, just counting cards all over the world and 
living like a king yeah. yeah i love that movie i i was i watched it living in las vegas actually and i was like oh my god timby this is what we should do i was telling my sister i was like let's go she was like i'm sorry but i don't want to go to prison in america i was like oh yeah there's you don't that go to prison for that you don't they just kick you out they bar you from the casinos i wonder how many people they barred uh from people like counting out loud at the blackjack table after watching that movie <laughs> oh so oh you don't get arrested you just no. get bought. Yeah, that movie was like ridiculously over-dramatized. Oh, see? Could have lived my dream, being a blackjack <laughs> card counter. I don't know. I think the, there could be more money in poker, but I've never really uh, deeply explored it. So. Well, you should. You should think about it, and then we could stay in sweet. Yeah, I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> um, so I was on uh, a line earlier, and... I saw that one of these kids that was in the two months, two million, Dan, somebody or other, just announced that he is quitting poker. I saw that tweet. And so it made me Don, wonder. Donnie Stern. So it made me wonder what would make you quit poker forever? I don't know. What do you mean? Like, as far as... Something happening at the table or something happening that I would rather do? Yeah, what would make you quit poker? It doesn't matter. So you could go, somebody punch you in the face and you're like, you know what? I'm sick of the abuse in the poker world. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> or, you know. I, I you, don't think that's something that happens in that, like, like you. Yeah, that's what get, you said. Something you, at the poker you table. You eventually get sick of it after it happens so many times. <laughs> or. I think I will do this until I find something else that uh, I really enjoy and want to go full into. So I pretty much like know what to expect from poker after having done it for this long. I don't think, I mean, I kind of, before I started the vlog, I kind of reached that point where I was like, all right, I'm not just going to do this anymore. I'm not just going to play poker anymore. Right. So I sort of already reached that point, but it's more like, I'm almost like a closer to like a part-time poker player now. Now that I have the vlog and that takes up pretty much, it's pretty much halved, halved the number of hours that I can put in at the poker table. You're like the Tuckman guy, right? Who sort of half plays poker, <laughs> half of. hosts yeah. games. I mean, but I guess he's still playing. So he plays a lot more poker than you do for, you know, if he's hosting. Yeah. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's editing a, a podcast for eight hours. So he probably has a little more time, but he does have a wife and kid. So or two kids now. Um, so that surely takes up a lot of his time, but yeah, vloggers, poker vloggers, they're giving up uh, a big portion of their poker playing career to kind of be creative and, you know, work on videos and stuff. And tell me, do you, have you ever thought of how you would do it? Would you just go dark or would you announce it like Donnie and like <laughs> put out a, a tweet or would you just well, like, is like go dark? He's been really well known in the poker community for a lot of years now. He was on Two Months, Two Million, and he was really active on Two Plus Two for a long time. And uh, yeah, and he's also been like a fantastic poker player for like a lot of years. That does not answer my question on what you so, would do. So would I announce to the poker world that I was doing something differently now? Is that your no, he didn't, uh, he didn't say what he was going to do. Right. He just said, peace out, poker world. Right. Would you say peace out poker world or would you just go well, dark have, and like never post another thing ever again now that i have the vlog yeah i would probably say something do you think people would miss you 
Uh, <laughs> you hope so. You hope so. <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to ask them. <laughs> I mean, there's still some people that are occasionally watching the vlog. Yeah. So <laughs> they might miss it. I don't know, though. But okay, so tell me, do you think it's better to quit fast or quit slow? Because I know for myself, I struggle with quitting. Yeah. I like uh, till like my fingers are bleeding. I'm just like, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> And sometimes it's, it's not about figuring it out. Sometimes it's just about going, okay, that's not working. Or um, so do you think it's better to quit early or quit later? Or it d depends on the situation. It yeah, it always depends. But I think it depends on uh, your happiness level. So if you're happy and it sucks and doesn't seem like it's working, you um, should keep going? It depends how much you love the thing and like how much you're deeply interested in the thing. And Whatever that thing is. Yeah. Okay. And just how interesting you find it um, or if you just think it's a little bit empty. So if, if you're still like really interested in it and you're just like not where you want to be with it. Um, yeah, I think, I don't think you need to quickly hop out of it and try and find something else that might interest you. But if the, like the romance of whatever you're working on is kind of faded, then yeah, I would snap, get out of it as fast as possible and try something else. Should you do that in relationships too? Um, I think you have to sort of, I mean, it's pretty similar. I don't know. I mean, there's like a in relationships, it's not just you. It's not just you and a thing. It's you and another person. So you can actually like, when you're exploring the relationship with a person, you can have a conversation, an actual conversation with the other person in the relationship. You can't really have a conversation with the, the thing. thing. You're having a conversation <laughs> with yourself about the thing. But you have a relationship with yourself, right? As well. So it's almost, it's kind of similar. Is it? Yeah. Don't you have a relationship with yourself? You do. You go wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I kind of like myself or I don't like myself. And let's see how we can work to like myself a little bit more no or is it just me uh, maybe it's just me maybe it's everyone but me i don't know <laughs> um i don't know the only reason i'm the only reason i'm not really happy with myself the only time i'm not really happy with myself i think is like after a night of uh too many beverages and then i feel like death and nothing has been accomplished last night nor will it be for the next day and a half <laughs> what do you think about your question What do you think? Should people uh, be as quick to leave a relationship? Do you agree with what I said about everything? I almost agree. I think growing up, I've romanticized things and never given them time to sort of germinate or become something because I was like, oh, if I love it so much, then it should work. Not easy, but it should work. And sometimes even if you love a thing, it doesn't work. And so hmm. I'm still finding the answer. I think some things are easier than others to quit. And in relationships, I usually pre-vet. So it, will, it takes a little bit longer for somebody to get in. You stalk someone and <laughs> check, do background checks? No, not like that. I just uh, let you in slowly. And once you're in, then I feel like you're good. But it doesn't always work out that the people that you've let in are good you know, um, but if I look at other people, they are 
quick to let you in, but then like ruthless in sort of cutting you out if something doesn't, if the, if the relationship's not working anymore. And I'm the type of person who'd be like, let's work on it. I think, I think there's a way we can find a way to fix this. You know, we can fix this. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, I'm just curious in, with regards to obviously like quitting poker, like even if you're a recreational player mm-hmm. and you really enjoy poker, but you can't really dedicate as much time to it because you have family, work. Do you quit or do you continue and keep losing whatever five hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month or whatever the depends. case is? I guess it depends how much you enjoy the thing. The very slow learning process that it's gonna be because you don't have time to improve quickly. Um if you happen to get like an hour somewhere out of your week where you can, you know, Study. watch a couple of videos or read something. Yeah. Um, and then you en- how much do you enjoy the four hours you get every three weeks to play poker? Um, which do you, which is like a greater force, the enjoyment of those things or the annoyance of losing a few hundred dollars? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer, but I think it will be a question that continues to plague us forever. <laughs> it's very deep. <laughs> but yeah, part, so. The podcast isn't supposed to be so deep. We'll ask the listeners of the podcast what they think about quit fast or quit slow, I guess. Mm-hmm. If that, I think I. Um, yeah, hit us up. But I think that's all the time we have for today. We will address. I want to. I want to tell a story about somebody who quit something, but we can do it next time. No, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the most interesting things that's happened since I started the vlog, as far as like audience interactions, I think I told you this, but when we were doing the meetup game at the Mandalay Bay Casino, um, Brad and I were hosting a game over there, and somebody came up to me after the game was just ending. And they, you know, told me they're like the vlog and, and uh, they were telling me about their situation, um, that it had just currently changed and that he had seen the vlog where I think I asked people to tell me like what they do for a living and how much they enjoy that thing that they do rated on a scale of one to 10 and tell me why that number is that number. And so he had seen that one and he was working at Microsoft uh, and he'd been there for like 10 years, I think as a programmer, mm-hmm. coder, and he hated it. He hated hated his job. He'd hate, he dreaded going into work every day. Um, but they would up your pay, like if you stay each, I don't know, quarter or six months or something like that, you get a pretty decent sized raise. And so that was really the only thing that was keeping him there was, you know, every day it was like one day closer to a, a raise, a pay raise. And that's just like what he was counting down. His entire reason for continuing to exist at Microsoft was just counting those days to a race. He basically saw that vlog, did some introspection and decided to quit his job. And he was going to ride a motorcycle from Seattle up to Alaska. And then after that, there was no plan whatsoever. Wow. <laughs> so that's like wow. pretty cool, but also like slightly terrifying um, that he like, you know, quit a very good job. But at the same time, programmer slash coder is going to be in demand for a very long time. Right. Um, it's going to be like one of the most in demand jobs. And uh, especially with 10 years at Microsoft, I think he'll be okay no matter what. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. Someone, That's uh, amazing. Someone quit their job based on like 
what you said. videos and stuff, yeah. That's pretty incredible. And yeah, like you said, he can always go back. Like if push came to shove, he can always go back. Microsoft would probably welcome him with open arms. Yeah. And he yeah, was, he was good pretty excited. for you. He was pretty excited. I told him to send me a link with like an update. He said he was like considering keeping a blog or something along the way, but yeah. I haven't heard anything. So I don't know if he is a listener of this podcast. Maybe I'll have to give him a shout out on the, on the vlog to get an update out of him. Yeah, that's incredible. I, th- yeah. I wish we all had the balls to do that all the time. Uh-huh. Our lives would be constantly different. I don't know if we would be able to keep up. <laughs> Maybe not, but uh, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's a great note to end the podcast on. Thank you for sharing that story. And Mr. Who Quit Microsoft to ride your motorcycle to Alaska, from Seattle to Alaska. Yep. Thank you for the inspiration. That's amazing. All right, listeners, that's all the time we have for this week. He's probably back at Microsoft. He got demoted to like <laughs> assistant, assistant to somebody. Why angry. do you have to be so dark? He's extremely angry with, <laughs> with me. <laughs> no, I think he's probably having the time of his life and he's wondering why he didn't do this sooner. But I say le- later is better than never, right? I don't know. This is saying, yeah. Better, better late than never? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the line. Better Glad late than never. You Thank you. Even if you're 50 or 60 or 70, get on that motorcycle. <laughs> even though I can't ride a motorcycle. Get your ass to Alaska. (laughs) Start living. Um, Yeah, that's incredible. And when you can afford to do that, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to Alaska. See you there. All right. See you there. Next podcast will be from, (laughs) what's the city in Alaska? Anchorage. Lies. You're going to California. Don't lie to the public. Then Alaska after that. Okay. Thanks for having us on your podcast, listeners. Until next week, bye!